0: This is The Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News.
1: Alabama. Alabama. Our great state.
0: The voice of Alabama values. Alabama, unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice.
2: Happy Friday to you. Let's get started with Alabama news. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville has had one of his bills passed within the U.S. Senate. Tuberville offered a bill that is titled the Supporting Families of the Fallen Act. It authorizes two different insurance groups to increase its coverage policy for military families in order to catch up with inflation. Those two insurance groups are Service Members Group Life Insurance and Veterans Group Life Insurance. Tuberville declared it a victory for families who served the United States in uniform. The bill from Tuberville was already passed in the U.S. House, so it does now head to the White House for signature. Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall was on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. this week. Marshall was there to take part in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing regarding a Supreme Court nominee from President Joe Biden. Marshall is not in favor of the Senate committee approving Kintaji Brown Jackson to the bench.
3: And Judge Jackson's now infamous law review article gives me no assurance that she would give voice to the voiceless victims of sex crimes. In that note, she questioned the necessity of sex offender community notification requirements, a common sense public safety measure that this body passed with bipartisan support and that the public overwhelmingly approves. Remarkably, the word victim did not appear once in her analysis. Promoting the false creed that the American criminal justice system is unfair, a reference Judge Jackson herself used in the opening line of a 2020 opinion, undermines justice itself. It denigrates the rule of law, It impedes the ability of law enforcement to protect and serve. It impairs the duty of prosecutors to keep violent criminals behind bars. All of this subverts the safety of the public and is most detrimental to the very voices Judge Jackson claims to speak for. I've heard nothing this week to alleviate my fear that Judge Jackson believes that a fundamental redesign is needed in our criminal justice system and that she would be so inclined to use her position on the court to this end. For this reason, I respectfully oppose her nomination.
2: A submerged vehicle has been recovered from floodwaters that rose after Tuesday night's storms in Tuscaloosa. Unfortunately, within that SUV, three bodies were found. Police do not suspect foul play at this moment. They say the vehicle appears to have been driven into floodwaters, then left the roadway and sank into a deeper drainage area. The victims inside were a 72-year-old man and two women, ages 58 and 42. The Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences will conduct an autopsy. The Alabama State Supreme Court was in Huntsville this week in order to hold two hearings. The justices heard oral arguments in the Von Braun Center regarding two separate cases. High school students from around the area were invited to attend to listen in. This was part of an effort conducted by the Huntsville Bar Association a member from within that association, Bart Siniard, says this is an important event for residents and students to attend. This will be the second time the state Supreme Court has moved his trial to Huntsville for this kind of observation. Chief Justice Tom Parker said the judges were well-received and thinks that the interaction with students and the local bar association is a good thing and should continue in the future. A brand new campground is opening up this weekend in Woodville. There will be additional camping spots at the Cathedral Caverns State Park. The spectacular caves in that park have been an attraction for many, but with not enough overnight options for those who want to stick around beyond a day and explore the caves as well as the walking trails, the Cathedral Caverns State Park is now ready for more camping activity starting this spring and into the summer. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, a poll has been conducted regarding President Joe Biden and the whole Ukraine-Russia conflict. The poll was commissioned by Convention of States Action and the Trafalgar Group. The survey was a week ago, and it asked Americans if they believe that the Biden's family business interests in Ukraine is a conflict of interest in how Joe Biden is handling the whole situation as president. 56 percent said yes. One third of those surveyed said no. The poll was among 1,075 participants and has a 2.99 percent margin of error. This poll came out on the same day that President Joe Biden announced that the U.S. will take in about 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. Remember all of the Russia, Russia, Russia hype when Donald Trump was president? Those allegations that Trump was colluding with Russia in 2016 have been debunked many times over in the past few years, and now Trump is taking it a step further. He just filed a civil lawsuit against Hillary Clinton for initiating the fake scandal. The civil case is also against several other Democrats, including Mark Elias, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Jake Sullivan, John Podesta, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, and Andrew McCabe. The lawsuit reads that these defendants are maliciously conspired to weave a false narrative that their political opponent was colluding with a hostile foreign sovereignty. Trump accuses them of racketeering and conspiracy to commit injurious falsehood. The fourth and final day of Senate judiciary hearings over a Supreme Court nominee from President Joe Biden has now wrapped up. That nominee is Kintaji Brown Jackson. Several Republican senators focused on Jackson's leniency as a district judge when it comes to child pornography. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn challenged Jackson in her statements made regarding pro-life protesters. You attacked pro-life women, and this was in a brief
4: that you wrote. You described them, and I'm quoting, hostile, noisy crowd of in-your-face protesters, end quote. And you advocated against these women's First Amendment right to express their sincerely held views regarding the sanctity of each individual life. And I'm a pro-life woman. 79% of the American women support restrictions of some type on abortion. And so I find it incredibly concerning that someone who is nominated to a position with life tenure on the Supreme Court holds such a hostile view toward a view that is held as a mainstream belief that every life is worth protecting.
2: Blackburn also addressed the whole transgender issue that has arisen in women's sports as of late.
4: Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator,
5: respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's hard for me to okay. comment but, as to whether All or not. right.
4: I'd love to get your your opinion on on that, and you can submit that. Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female?
5: Again, because I don't know the case. I don't know how I interpret it. I need to read the whole thing.
4: Uh, Can you provide a definition for the word woman?
5: Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't?
4: can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA Swimming Championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels?
5: Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say. and could come to the court. So I'm and not able to- I think
4: it tells our girls that their voices don't matter. I think it tells them that they're second class citizens and parents want to have a Supreme Court justice who is committed to preserving parental autonomy and protecting
2: our nation's children. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has already come out and revealed how he plans to vote when it comes to Jackson.
6: I enjoyed meeting the nominee. I went into the Senate's process with an open mind. But after studying the nominee's record and watching her performance this week, I cannot and will not support Judge Jackson for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. First... Judge Jackson refuses to reject the fringe position that Democrats should try to pack the Supreme Court. Justice Ginsburg and Justice Breyer had no problem denouncing this unpopular view and defending their institution. I assumed this would be an easy softball for Judge Jackson, but it wasn't.
2: And the Attorney General for the state of Montana has been given a victory in federal court. A.G. Austin Nudson filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration for its immigration policy that severely restricts immigration officers in their ability to deport illegal aliens. A federal judge has ruled against the Biden administration and for Nudson's case by offering a preliminary injunction. The legal injunction requires the Department of Homeland Security to resume the deportations of dangerous convicted criminals along with those who have been ordered to be sent out of the U.S. through federal immigration courts. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on the 1819 News podcast where host Brian Dawson and co-host Ray Mellick talk to another gubernatorial candidate. This one is Dave Thomas, who happens to be the mayor of Springville.
0: What was the the tipping point for you or at what point you know, uh, logic says why why would you go against somebody that consistently polls as well as Governor Ivey does? What was it that made you think this was uh, the time
1: for a change? Well, first of all, polls are only as good as you believe they are. Um, But quite frankly, you know, the, the tipping point was when our governor lost sight of, if she ever had sight of, our state motto, we dare defend our rights. And, you know, our governor needs to be out front, leading, defending Alabama's rights, uh, not managing from the rear. And so it um, basically just saw a need that's not being addressed. And, uh, you know, we've got other candidates that are full of rhetoric that they say they will, and they may. I don't know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But you look at my record and what I've done, you do know. The, the the evidence is there. The record is there, and I'm proud of that record, um, and I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to to stand up for the the people in my district at the time. I'd like to do the same for the entirety of the state. Was there anything specifically? I guess kind of to dovetail on what
0: he's saying. So, I mean, I'll give you some of mine. Um, I think the the COVID lockdowns, I think, was a huge. Uh, thing. Um, I have people that I go to church with who had to shut their businesses down and are like still in poverty, like people who are doing well financially, who are now like basically on the edge of poverty, if not in poverty, right. uh, because she closed businesses down and she did that right, right after saying, you know, we're not California. We're not going to do that. And then two weeks later she did that right. And shut everything down. Uh, you're essential. You're not, um, this business can stay open, you know, Walmart, Home Depot, you guys are good. Costco, you guys are good. Mom and pop, you guys need to shut down. Um, and you know, it, it negatively affected. I mean, I remember I was watching hunger games. Um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago in, in hunger games, they had a curfew and I'm like, man, that's some real authoritarian te- Oh, no, wait. Last year we had a curfew. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. We actually had a curfew. Like they were telling us when we could come in and out of our house over a virus that had a 99% survival
1: rate. Isn't it interesting that we hear a lot about the uh, overreach of the federal government? Yeah. Overreach into our lives. Yeah. And yet here we have a governor that, well, mirrored the same sort of tyrannical policy. You know, um, again, this is the land of the uh, free. The home of the brave. You know, I'll take the risks associated with my freedom, thank you very much, yeah. versus the security of your enslavement. No, um, thank you. You stay out of my pocket, stay out of my way, Stay, and we'll be good. Yeah. Um, but we're not getting that sort of leadership from Montgomery.
2: You can find more of that podcast on the 1819 News website under the podcast tab. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again on Monday. Until then, enjoy the spring weather and have a wonderful weekend.
1: Alabama.
6: Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama.
0: This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.